tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Yes. All right, guys. You're like, where's Xavier? He's here, but he's not here, right? So basically what happened, first of all, welcome on the ones and twos. Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you, Johnny? I'm good, man. Weird, weird show today. Weird show. Cha- chaos. Spooky, spooky Spooky, stuff. weird show. Uh, we had a great show today. Aaron C. from We Talked to De- About Dead People. We had a great show yesterday. We had a really great show yesterday, 50 minutes into the show. Boom, blackout, and Aaron was nice enough to come back and finish out the show. Uh, Xavier is not here because life must go on, so we banged it out. And so enjoy this. Just know about 50 minutes in, the whole bottom falls out. And Yeah, well, yeah. we just change our clothes really fast at 50 minutes, and then we're back. Yeah, so it is what it is. Real quick, I want to tell you about I got some great shows. Coming up, uh, Thursday night, January 9th, I am in San Diego with Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero, and Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard, will all yeah. be at the American Comedy Company. We do stand-up at the first show, and then we do Q&A in the second show. Come get weird, okay? Then the following week, my good friend is soon to be yours, Eddie Bravo, and I will be in Tallahassee on the uh, 17th, and then Jacksonville on the 18th. Grab your tickets now. Grab your tickets now. Let's let's support the show. Let's get out there and rock it. Flights are $1,000, Florida, but you know what? We can't stop. We won't stop. We're going to come see you. So support us because we love you, and uh, we want to come out there and have a great show. So these are two markets I haven't been to in God knows how long. So come see it. Tallahassee, Jacksonville. And then on the 21st, I am doing a show with uh, Zane Albert called Assassins Only. Uh, Brian Callensay is going to be there. And I'm just putting together a lineup of cold-blooded killers. Ryan Sickler, I think, is going to show up. And we're just going to put together Where killers at the Three of Clubs. It's on Vine and Santa Monica. It says the three club, the three clubs. So okay, is, is so the, the three, three of- clubs. It's the three of clubs. Oh, we'll fix God, that. Uh, and that's about it, man. Got to get in. Got to get out. I just wanted to tell you guys about the shows coming up. So enjoy this episode. It's a real good one with Aaron C. from We Talk to De- About Dead People. Enjoy the show. Guys, we've seen so many people making ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know that it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest. You simply do what he does. 
So let me tell you about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, has over 17,000 subscribers and 1 million views. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put $100 into each one, it would now be worth more than $53,000. Of the 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 440 times from when he named it. That one call alone has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. So if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com slash TFH. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said here, but our listeners can get full access for just $1. You won't find this offer anywhere else, but act fast because it ends soon. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash TFH. That's TFH. Don't take this offer lightly. James is the real deal. Go visit the site now. Go deep, homeboy. open your mind. Drink. All right. All right. Let's do it. Very excited to talk to this next gentleman. He has a podcast called We Talk About Dead People, which is probably one of the best names ever of all time for a podcast. Uh, sure. <laughs> man, it's, all the good names are going to be gone soon, and he's got one of them. Uh, please welcome Aaron C. How are you, Aaron? Doing good today, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Do, do you want to tell him why you went with Aaron C.? Because I think it's important. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so there was already another guy named Aaron Carter. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, uh, I have. He's got tattoos on his face. Can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just went there and see because it was easier. But, you know, now I just go by Aaron C online all the time. And people always wonder, is that your, is that your whole last name? And I'm like, you don't know half the story. <laughs> That'd be crazy if someone just had a letter for a last name through history. They are the D's. The D's have shown up. <laughs> the D's will not put up with this. They pushed back against the Smiths. Cool name, impossible to Google. That's yeah, a, you know, yeah, like, right. yeah. Good luck finding me. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us, man. We're super excited to have you on. Uh, Aaron, if you could, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your podcast? Well, we talk about de dead people isn't... Uh it's not a normal history podcast. I don't want people to be scared off by, oh, my gosh, that sounds so boring. Uh, it's not boring, and it's it's definitely got a level of weird that you wouldn't expect from a history podcast. Um, I kind of like to describe it as like a, like a mind-bending time warp. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, we, yeah. We like to talk about pretty much everything. And what's interesting is... There's a reason I reached out to you, and it's it's basically because I've accessed a level of weirdness in history that belongs in conspiracy zone. Well, that's our favorite zone, okay? <laughs> it's outside the party zone and the weirdness zone are the two zones. We have we, a condo. Yeah, we do. <laughs> right we timeshare. <laughs> we timeshare. And uh, so I'm all about that. And, you know, I mean, again, we talk about this all the time on the show, but, you know, hidden history and real history – are my favorite probably my favorite subjects because as conspiracy theorists which we proudly display on our freak flag okay i mean do you think that the conspiracy is any of the stripes on the the gay pride uh at some point we gotta get in there they we gotta, gotta add one. They got, i mean dude yeah. we're the weirdest out of all of them what dude. color would you want 
What? What color would you want? What, what color's not on there? Uh, okay, you tell I me. Mean, is the, there a red? I don't remember the red in there. It's the rainbow, so it's, they're all in there. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would like to get in there. Like seriously, if you, some of our parents, let's be honest, if we came home as gay or a conspiracy theorist, which one's gonna get weirder pushback? <laughs> Can we be like a glittery color? Can we get some glitter on? Yeah, there? I would like that. You I go would, in there with like QAnon a, shit. That's intense. One hundred percent. So you might as well come out gay. Like we went, green. We're all about conspiracy here and the weirdness. And so this, this when. When you talk about we get really weird with history is what I love because when everyone goes, is everything conspiracy? The answer is yes. Everything is a conspiracy. And if you go back to your basic known history, none of it is really that real. Right, Aaron? Yep. What would you say to that? Well... <sighs> History is weird in itself because you always hear people say, oh, it was written by the victors. And I'm like, no, it was actually written by the liars. Yeah. Because the liars are the people who can tell the best stories. They're the best at it, right? So basically, when I started looking at history from a perspective of a storytelling point of view, it all started to make a lot more sense because there would be these times when I'd be writing an episode for the show. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that here in a minute. But when I'd be writing an episode for the show and it felt like it was writing itself. It was like, this is way too weird. There's too many coincidences going on here. Uh, you know, the classic is you look at the beginning of World War One and the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and all the weird coincidences. You know, you guys know about the license plate, right? I, I, I know there is something with the license plate. What was on the license plate? Uh, the date the war was going to end. And you know what, man? I mean, that fits into everything. <laughs> That fits into this whole kind of <laughs> occult that they kind of got to tell you everything up front because it's it's not only is it like some occult thing with sigil magic, but it's also bragging. Like, it's a brag. Like, yeah, dude, we're going to tell you when this is going to end, and bang, there it is. So I find that, uh, yeah, dude, that stuff. But wouldn't someone just say it's a coincidence? Because well, but, that's how, what, but how many is there? To, at one point, you're like, it can't be a coincidence when shit just keeps going over and 100%. over and over. But when that came out, there was no real ability to say, hey, anyone else find this weird? Because, you know, the, the media was so controlled. So that narrative was never going to make it to the, 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 the highest levels of the media. Well, and it just sounds crazy to say something like that. <laughs> You know, as if, they, oh, how could this be connected? It's like, it might not be, but it's really weird, isn't it? Maybe it's not like a conspiracy. Maybe it's something deeper than that. And that's kind of where I get with, you know, my show is like I start to see archetypes and fractals in these stories where things are just repeating. Patterns of behavior just go on and on and on. And you can sort of predict how these stories are going to turn out once you've read enough of them. And, you know, that to me is like it shows that there's a mathematical nature to all of this. I'm not smart enough to figure out what it is, but I can sense it's there. Well, wouldn't that be like Jamantria? Wouldn't yeah. that be a little bit of Jamantria going on there with yeah. the numbers and if you connect shit? Yeah, I mean, for sure. 100%. And uh, here's the whole thing. I feel like I hear something. Do you hear something? I did hear something, okay. but I don't now. Um, so well, here's the whole thing that just that that the regular people that we have these discussions with never really ever stay around long enough to address 
right? Because they're goldfish and everything is just what's ever in front of their face is the only thing that matters. It's the, that meme, which is I support current things, right? Which <laughs> yeah, is yeah. like a goldfish, right? I support current, whatever's right here. And, um, but you go, how come it always seems to fall if it's all random and all an accident? Do you hear that? It's not. I do. <laughs> I hear that too. Yeah. I don't, we might be hearing ourselves back at his end. It's possible. Oh, his headphones. It's, okay. it, do you have, yeah, he has headphones in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but I'm just, I mean, that's the only thing I can guess. But, but it, so you have all this random things that you say just happen to, to go wrong, but always seems to land on the side of the elites get more money and more power every time, every time. Yes. It never goes the wrong way. You brought up NPCs because and goldfish people. I call them ant people. Um, I started making a list like probably, I don't know, three or four months ago because I started to notice that the narrative was getting out of control in the news. And I should have noticed it earlier. I mean, I studied media for five years. I should have known that there would be something like this. But I started wondering myself. I'm like, okay, so everybody's all about Ukraine, monkeypox, and all this stuff that's happening like one thing after another, right? And it kind of got to the point where I was like, it's always the same people who are going along with this ride. Because, like, at a certain point, I got shaken off a couple of these stories. And I was like, because I, so I started writing it down from, like, World War II on. And I call it the Ant People Timeline. Do you want to hear this? Oh, yeah. Are you ready to get, are you ready to trigger some people? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> what we're, I just posted something on meme that, uh, on Instagram today that was just all meant to piss everybody off, which was a, uh, a picture of a girl uh, drinking a big gallon of water. And on the water, it says, uh, come. And all the gallons around it said come. And then it had on top of her uh, guys in the gun control. And I can't wait to see everybody. And all it was, we need common sense oh come my. control. And uh, we're just going to watch. Do you want to lose your Instagram? <laughs> That's all I see when Sam I mean, was like, what? I thought, you funny, to, I thought you wanted to keep your Instagram. Okay, so I should run home and take it off. Is that what you're telling me? Take that down. No, no. Leave it up. Shit. It makes me laugh. Okay, go on. So, yes, I want to <laughs> trigger some people. So, okay, I call it the ant people timeline because they're like ants. They just they follow the person in front of them without thinking about it, and they end up building pyramids all over the place. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> so, after World War II, uh, World War II is really when the uh, public consciousness was sort of crystallized into this thing that could be controlled and steered like one large animal. Um, this, you know, advertising and propaganda really came out of wartime. It started pre-World War One, but it really got bad in World War One, and then they realized it was the best weapon they had in World War Two. and then they kept digging and they discovered what amounts to magic and uh, magic messaging. So I'm just going to go through these events, and I'm sure we'll lose people along the way, but just just listen to this. So post-World War II, CIA born out of the OSS. There was the Cold War, Korea, Vietnam, Berlin Wall, Cuban Missile Crisis, JFK, Martin Luther King, Russians in Afghanistan, moon landings, Woodstock, Apollo 13, environmentalism, Reagan, Challenger, Berlin Wall, globalism, UN, Waco, Jessica McClure, which was the kid that got stuck in the well, if you remember. Is this We Didn't Start Clinton. the Fire? What did I mean? <laughs> yeah. We Didn't Start the Fire, you got it. Man, I put that song right at the top of this list. You got Princess Diana, Titanic, the movie is released. That's important, I promise you. 
9-11, Iraq, Saddam, weapons of mass destruction, no child left behind, Moscow theater siege, Al-Qaeda, Hurricane Katrina, Obama, market crash, Occupy Wall Street, Trayvon Martin, Coney 2012, ISIS, legalizing weed, school shootings, Fort Hood, gun control, Internet 2.0. Now here's where it gets really fun. Harlem Shake, Ice Bucket Challenge, the oddly colored dress, Missouri riots, Obama 2, gay rights in the Supreme Court, Antifa, Harambe, Trump, election 2016, Watch it speed up. Russian collusion, Q, Charlottesville, Las Vegas, Smollett, Kavanaugh, New Zealand mosque, Walmart shooting, feminism, racism, COVID, Darth Schwab, hospital ships, masks, Floyd, Summer of Love, Rittenhouse, BLM, Ivermectin vaccines, RBG dies. Election fraud, January 6th, Afghanistan exit. Let's go, Brandon. Truckers, Ukraine, Elon buys Twitter, Roe v. Wade, 2,000 mules, baby formula shortage, monkeypox, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, Texas school, cops doing nothing, and food shortages. That's where we are right now. We are at food look- shortages. And those are uh, uh, international and international incidents. Yes. These are things that got picked up by the global media and became giant stories very quickly. And you can observe this um, really easily today. It's basically look at whatever's trending on Twitter and Facebook and Gab and literally any social media that's coming into view right now. I uh, I say anything that's ever in the trending on Twitter is a psyop <laughs> every time. It, I, it, these are these are rules to live by. If you if all of the news agencies are there somewhere instantaneous, it is a psyop. And that does yeah. that mean it didn't happen? That's not what I'm saying. Does it mean it's no. a hope? <laughs> that is not what I am saying. What I am saying is there's a reason why suddenly everyone is at the same place at the same time. And what does that represent? And then you get into why uh, uh, why do they sell certain things certain ways? So so you know you'll have you know the black community get really angry when uh, a white woman goes missing and everybody in the internet is losing their skull. And they're like, why is that? Oh, when a white woman is missing and then everyone, and then the black community is complaining, but then you don't see them notice that when a black man gets shot by white cops and that's the biggest story ever. But when it's the other way around, nobody cares because the inner, because the media are masters of emotional manipulation. And they know exactly what will pull the hog strings of drum roll, please. White women, dude, because there's more white women <laughs> than any other demographic yeah. in the United States. And they are the most powerful emotional collateral out there. More people. Sam, yeah. Sam, how dare you? <laughs> I have, to, dude, like. You're absolutely on the money about that because, of course, you know about the the White Feather Initiative in World War One. No, tell me about it. They would send young, beautiful women around town with white feathers. I think it was a white feather, and they'd stick it in the lapel of any man who hadn't yet enlisted. And this was a way of shaming them for being cowards. Oh my God! I did yeah. not wow. know that. Yeah, like a scarlet it, it a, letter type absolutely. shit. Yeah, it's it's all it's all like that. And there's something about the ant people timeline that keeps that I've been thinking about, I think maybe all week is it appears to come from a strictly emotional point of view. It's like, how do we how do we fit save the children in here somewhere? 
You know what I mean? It's always like, you know, you look at the the situation with Ukraine right now. I don't know the first thing about Ukraine. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Ukraine, but the programming around it, hear what I'm saying? The programming around it is all, won't somebody think of the poor Ukrainians? Aren't they so pathetic? They just can't take care of themselves. We've got to do something. It's all this like shrill, like needling, don't you care kind of crap. And that's the thing that I started to notice about these narratives is that they all feel like that as you go through history. And the further you go back, you start to discover that basically people's portrayal in these historical historical stories have flavors. And a perfect example is we just covered the guy, Alfred Eli Beach. He, uh, he was the inventor of the pneumatic subway system in New York City. He's portrayed in history as like some kind of sad boy. Like they look, they look at him and they're like, Oh, no one would listen to him. He was just trying to build his thing. And, and, and they were just the mean man down at the, down at Tammany hall kept stopping him because he hated progress. And then you read into the actual documentation a little bit and you're like, okay, so the guy at Tammany hall was actually working with him to get this done. He was like his biggest fan and the historical narrative portrays a good, good guy and a bad guy. And it's the same thing with guys like Lincoln. I started describing Abraham Lincoln as like a wizard on my show because he's a master of public perception. Um, Even the the thing that colors most people's perspective and view on Abraham Lincoln is a a book literally written, I think in the 50s, called Lincoln the Unknown. It again portrays him as this sad boy who couldn't get anything done. And it was just by the sheer goodwill of his heart did he get anything done at all. Yeah. But you look at the past and you're like, he wasn't somebody to cry about. He was kind of a cool guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, hey, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Super Speciosa. Okay. Listen, the government doesn't want you to know about this stuff. So that's how you know it's natural and it works for you. Okay. Kratom is an all natural herb related to coffee plant that has been used in Thailand for centuries. Kratom helps energize your mind, relax your body. It just helps you feel good. Okay. Super speciosa has only one ingredient, pure Kratom leaf. All super speciosa batches come with a certified lab report so you know exactly what you're getting, okay? None of this riffraff street shit, all right? Real stuff for you, okay? For beginners, Super Speciosa recommends capsules because they're easy to use. They also recommend the Green MD strain. It's one of their most popular and best-selling items. If you don't like the way you feel, you can get your money back guaranteed. They also recently made a change so that the promo code we're about to give you can be used again and again. Okay, so I, here's what I want you guys to do. Try Kratom and you'll get 20% off. Go to getsuperleaf.com slash Sam and get 20% off the promo code Sam, okay? That's getsuperleaf.com slash Sam and use the promo code Sam for 20% off. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Titan, right? Hey, Johnny, let me ask you, how financially savvy would you say you are? I, I, out of 10, I would say I'm about a six. Six, right? Yeah, about a six. Like you want to know about stuff, right? You want to yeah. learn, right? Yeah, so right. so if, you, if you're going to like, if you're looking for medical advice, you wouldn't go to Reddit, right? No, you'd see your doctor. Right. If you're looking, if you if you want to draw up legal documents, you wouldn't do anything stupid, right? 
No, you would, you would see your lawyer. You yeah. would talk to a lawyer for sure, right. okay? We turn to experts for many other things in our life, so why not turn to them for investing, okay? You know crypto is an asset class worth pursuing, but you simply don't know where to start. Guess what? Nobody can blame you. That's why you got to check out Titan, Johnny. As everyday investors, the cards have been stacked against us. We have been given access to this marketplace of stocks, but we're competing with institutional investors with unlimited resources. We're simply told to invest in the S&P 500 and be happy with the conservative average. But when you're wealthy, you have access to teams of experts different types of portfolios and investment vehicles, and much more. Growing your long-term wealth isn't something you can just DIY, and you should not just sit back and shoot for average returns. With Titan, you have a personal investment team that researches and invests for you so that you can aim to outperform the market while giving you a courtside seat to become a smarter investor along the way. With Titan, you get access to strategies similar to those in the 1% without having to be ultra-wealthy or pay hefty fees. All it takes is 100 bucks to get started, deposit your money, select which of their portfolios you want to invest in, and that's it. Titan's experts will give you updates about the market and decisions being made with your money, and you can even ask them questions within the app. And now Titan is bringing their knowledge to an expertly managed crypto portfolio. We all know we should get into crypto, but who knows where to start? Instead of trying to guess, let a team who eats, sleeps, and breathes crypto do the research and invest in this fast-growing asset class for you. Titan aims to grow your investments at least 15% annually net of fees which could mean doubling your wealth every five years. Damn, sounds pretty awesome. Check out Titan if you want to aim to become the smartest, wealthiest investor you have ever been. So go to titan.com slash tinfoil to get $50 when you invest with Titan. You must go to this URL or you will not get the $50. And they won't know that we sent you. You have to go use that URL. So that's $50 when you go to titan.com slash tinfoil and invest with Titan, okay? This is a sponsored podcast ad, and I'm a client of Titan, and I'm invested in flagship opportunities, offshore and crypto portfolios. You know who's interesting? George Bush Sr. And like, you know, I'm old enough to remember him running against the Clintons and the theater of all that. And the portrayal of him in the media yeah. as being a weak man. Like a nerd, yeah. This and, guy who, if you buy yeah. the, the history, was shot down in combat. Which I don't buy. Yeah, I know you don't. I yeah. don't buy any of that yeah, yeah. story. I don't buy any of this What's Paul that? Bunyan shit John Kerry. about any of these guys. They did with John Kerry, too. And he had a Paul Bunyan story. And then, you know, they, I mean, that that's why we have the term swift boating. Because they, they, they swift just, boated his ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they just, go for your strength, though. Though In politics, man, the, the best ones, they go for your strength. And if they can nullify that. Well, they, they also, what they do, Johnny, and I'll get back to George Bush, is that they'll find out what their weakness is. And put it on you. Yeah, that too. Yeah, they're they're so. They're, I mean, it's just this dirty pool, man, and which they're is, great at it. Which is exactly what they did. Hillary Clinton did when they did polls about what her weakness was. A lot of people did not like that she sold uranium to the Russians. Uranium one. So here we are. It's like, oh, look at this. Is he doing business with the Russians? Hey, man, he's doing business with the Russians. It, now yeah. it's all falling apart. 
Uh, but George Bush Sr. was really interesting because, you know, he supposedly lost. That's what they wanted you to believe to Bill Clinton because everyone thought he was a wuss. And the reality is he was a cold-blooded, pure, evil scumbag. Like, that would just kill anybody and anything. A lizard. I mean, just a, uh, I a mean, CIA lizard. A <laughs> CIA lizard, dude. Like, uh, the most CIA lizard you could possibly get. But the portrayal of him. We're, we're looking at Obama as well, right? Let's take a look at Obama and what Obama looks at. Like... We're going to, I'm, I'm saying it right now, Obama's brand will go the way of the Clintons by the time everything's done and he gets to that age because so much information will come out about him. You think they'll build like a kill list too where they're like, oh, Obama started killing people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, no, I, don't, I don't know. Well, if why does he get a pass on the, I mean, he drones so many people, weddings he, and Johnny, families. Johnny, do I have to say it? Because he's black. Do I have to say it? Yeah, but what yeah. I'm saying is when, why do you think that's going to change? Because he's already getting a pass for some of the worst war crimes to me. That, well, because, you know, because. Because it's now starting to come out that he, he was more of a politician than we were all sold on, right? Yeah. That he's he's a Bush clan, you know. Um, what's the name of a Manchurian candidate? That's really what it was. At the end of the day, he's a Manchurian candidate. And, oh, I wonder if I know what it is now, Johnny. I bet you it's this. I bet you this is what we're hearing right now. Is uh, it, I, don't, I don't think so because it's a, on a delay. It, we would be hearing it instantly. In the, in the, interesting. So I, I think Obama will be the next one that when stuff starts to come out about everything they did. So you're completely right. It's like the per presentation of a lot of these people, uh, all these billionaires that we've seen, it's all coming out now. That they, it, none of them invented jack shit. That they were all just the the sons or the the grandsons or grandsons of, of extremely powerful people who who just were and they were just positioned to take over uh, these kind of deep state programs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, it's. It is about portrayal, and there was one episode we did a while back, or I did actually. We never actually planned on releasing it, but I ended up recording it myself without my co-host um, about William Tell. What do you know about William Tell? I don't know a lot about William Tell. <laughs> Tell you know he shot the Tell. apple off his son's head, right? Ah, uh, there we go. Huh? Tell me about him. Okay, so I was digging on this. I was like, okay, what's a good folk hero I could dig into? I guess William Tell would be the guy. So I started reading, and it turns out that William Tell is came from this story about a peasant man uh, basically getting into an argument with the Reeve, which was like the leader of his, his area. Um, and the Reeve was like, well, um, I'm going to call your bluff, and in order to win this argument, you have to shoot an apple off of your son's head. And William Tell was allegedly this, like, famous crossbowman. He could shoot anything from, like, any distance. He was a known sniper. So this wasn't going to be, like, a big deal for him. But, of course, the risk was it was his own little son with the apple on his head, right? So that's the story. Eventually, William Tell does shoot the apple, and then he shoots the, uh, the Reeve, who's, you know, basically just standing there, um, goes on the run, becomes a folk hero, and suddenly there's an entirely new Switzerland coming out of this story. Uh, it's like one of the keystone stories in Swiss history. Well, in the 1970s, um, there was this investigation into this, 
and this was uh, called the demythologization movement, where they wanted to take all the myth out of the history of Switzerland and replace it with, you know, a realistic take of what actually happened with the William Tell story. And they were like, okay, so from what we can tell, William Tell wasn't a real guy. He was like an amalgamation of a lot of different characters throughout mm. history because really? apparently there's a lot. Do I mic go out? No, you're yeah. good. Oh, okay. It's briefly. Zoom is... Zoom is yelling at me. Um, where was I? Lost my spot. Well, yeah, I mean, just for you were uh, saying that that he's an amalgamation. Yeah, amalgamation. Oh yeah. Okay. So they're like he's an amalgamation of all of these different stories from European mythology, right? There's there's even a, a Wikipedia page called "Shooting an Apple Off One Son's Head," right? Like it's it's there's enough stories about this exact thing throughout European history that it's an archetype which is where my radar went off because at this time I was studying archetypes. So the demythologizers came in and they were like, okay, William Tell never existed. There was no civil war that spawned from this because there was a civil war that came from the William Tell story um, where these tyrannical reeves were all taken down. Their castles were what's called slighted, which means they kind of got knocked over by the peasantry who were revolting. And then there was a whole new system of government that came out of it. Well, the demythologizers decided the castles, they didn't get knocked down by peasants. They just sort of fell over themselves. And William Tell was definitely fake, and you should never believe in anything. And we should probably take down the statues of William Tell in Switzerland. Uh, like, all that kind of crap. And then, like, ten years after that, there was some pushback where they were like, hang on a second, these castles do look like they got knocked over by peasants with pitchforks. And uh, there's the gravesite over here that's labeled William Tell and has the story on it. And it turned out that after all of that deconstruction of the, of the myth, the myth was actually closer to reality than what the demythologizers were trying to produce. So this turned on my big thinking brain. I was like, so does it even matter then if William Tell ever existed at all? Because it was the story that got the peasants moving, not the guy. Listen, you see what I'm saying? Yes. And where have we seen this today? Where have we seen this? Is this where you're going with this? I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. I can. I can. Um, definitely, like, uh, I don't know. To think of a couple of examples, any kind of any kind of PR portrayal of an actor, a celebrity, or anything like that is pretty much like this. It's like, it's not a secret that, you know, heads of state have body doubles and things. Um, and it's also not a secret that these body doubles can do pretty good impersonations of whoever they're doubling, basically. So it could just be that when somebody gives a public appearance, it's not them all the time. They might hire a stand-in. You know, you want to take a day off, so you send your, your body double in. Well, throughout history, there were times where people would come basically to an enemy kingdom and represent themselves as someone they weren't, tell a big old lie, and then yeah. just watch the story take off and sort of simmer in the chaos instead of doing everything themselves. Well, Because it I turns out if you can get the public's attention onto something, you've got control of the massive beast that is the ant people colony. No, 100%. And I think there's a great example of exactly what you talk about, and his name is George Floyd. And George Floyd is an example of somebody that was portrayed in the media a certain way to elicit a certain response. And as and even in the trial, that person did not exist. That was not the guy. But they did, it didn't matter. He was sold a certain way to a bunch of people. His 
cousin who looks exactly like him, famous NBA player, went around pushing a certain narrative about a guy, and then you had all these people going, this is not who he was. He was not this righteous savior that we should all be worshiping right now. He's a different, and they, it did not matter because he elicited a certain response. And that's what I got out of that, this little part. He, he was not that guy. He was a dude who went to jail. People make mistakes. I spent a night in jail. But the guy went to prison, put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach, uh, shot pornography. Hey, in this day, it's so interesting. Uh, that, that's a whole different discussion. I'll get into that. But, you know, and then we have um, uh, he has all this counterfeit money. Where did he get from? And he's ODing on fentanyl. In no way was this guy just tiptoeing through the tulips. Does he, does that mean they deserve to die? No. And that's why Chauvin is, in fact, in jail. Because he was an emergency response personnel that did not respond to an emergency. I mean, that kind of sounds like Hunter and the laptop. Well, I mean, that just gets into everything. Camilla Harris is a great example of another person, right? Who, like, she got portrayed as, like, dude, you see article, first Indian woman in blah, blah, blah. Next day, it's like, first black person. And you're like, which one is it? Condoleezza Rice, dude. I mean, she was she's another one of these that's, like, uh, you know, was supposed to be this this sweet lady, you know, who just loves Ellen. sports and stuff. Yeah, and she's... Ellen's the same thing, right? We got sold Ellen. Ellen sold herself as I do nice comedy. All the while, she's like a dark arts fucking scary person. So I totally agree with everything you're saying. Well, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so if they can present a persona in the modern day, and we look at that and we all fight about whether or not George Floyd deserved to die and the details of all of that stuff, you have to zoom out. And this is where, like, my experience as a media guy comes in. It's... It is about story. You know, we kind of are stories and we look for stories and we sort of live out these stories um, and they can they basically change how we behave on our day to day life. Um, But also they can control, you know, if you if you have a good enough narrative, like the George Floyd thing is one of the one of the biggest pushes I've ever seen from media in my entire life. Like it was nonstop and it was loud. And I remember looking, you know, stepping away from it, being like, all right, don't get upset. Think about this from a media point of view. What are they trying to do? They're trying to create something like a chapter in the in the 2020 timeline. There was a stage at which we were all talking about that. And then soon enough, that'll just disappear and it'll be on to the next thing. And that's kind of how it is with the ant people narrative. Um, have you guys ever, has any of you guys ever played Half-Life? Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I'm old. Just, mm. <laughs> do, uh, do you remember the story about Half-Life? What, what was it's going been on? So in that game? long since I played the first one. If that's what you're talking about, but yeah, I, I, vaguely, okay. I vaguely remember waking up in that train car or, or whatever the fuck was going on. I... Okay, Half Life was a documentary. I say that with a joke, as it's kind of a joke, but not really. Um, so let me give you a brief rundown of what's going on with the story of Half Life. So in the game, you play as Gordon Freeman, who's a scientist in a facility called Black Mesa. The main project in Black Mesa is, an, is something that's attempting to open a dimensional window. Um, between alternate realities and our own. And so basically what happens at the beginning is that the experiment goes wrong. The door does get opened, um, but something comes through as opposed to humans going through it to the other side. And the thing that comes through is this hostile alien race that immediately starts destroying the facility. 
And so, you know, you have to fight your way through. Um, you find out that the government is trying to glass the entire facility, so you have to get out of there before that happens. Um, and you're fighting these aliens the whole way. Um, there's not really too much lore beyond that, except when you finally do get to go through to the other side, into the other dimension, you discover, one, that it's a beautiful place, and that, two, the aliens that you were fighting this whole game weren't actually fighting you on purpose. They were possessed by some kind of a mind virus, which leads you to find that they're basically are these little enclaves of these aliens that are fine, that aren't possessed with this virus, but then you see something fly in, and it's just this creature with a giant head, and it starts beaming knowledge or something into these poor little aliens, and then they start attacking you. You come to find that it's something like a hive mind, and that it's using oh, like innocent groups of people to attack other innocent groups of people cross-dimensionally. Dude, that is some story. deep shit right there, bro. Well, about halfway through the George Floyd thing, uh, I started to notice this and I started to take notes. And there was one thing that I, I compared these people to, and I do mean these people. They're they are not the same as you and I, I don't think. Um, I started to call them battle droids. Uh, based off of the Star Wars battle droids story, which it's a similar thing. The battle droids in Phantom Menace are all connected to this thing called the, uh, what is it called? It's kind of got kind of a funny name. That big ship, right? Yeah, it's a big ship. It's called the, the Central Control Computer, which uh, your numerology junker, junkies would see that as CCC or 333. Um, the Central c Control Computer is what they have to blow up at the, end of the, at the end of the movie, and when they do it, all the battle droids just sort of conk out. So I would compare that computer, that space station or whatever, to mm. this main narrative that's getting beamed into the public at large, and they are none the wiser. And if that thing was shut down... Uh, I don't think a lot of people would be able to function because this drip feed of the mainstream narrative is just too, you know, enticing in a way. Oh, I see. You, so you think they're animated bad. by it, right? I mean, they're, they're entirely animated by, by just oh, what they're a, consuming. Oh, definitely. Of. In a way. I mean, it's, it's definitely a situation of, um, have you ever heard the word enthrall? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know where that word comes from by chance? I, I thought it would have been like a, uh, what would you say? Like a, like a something from like being mesmerized, something like that, where you're exactly well. The word the word enthrall comes from the word thrall, which is the Viking word for slave. A thrall who was enthralled with his master was one who swore his loyalty um, to his master for several generations. Like his children would be his slave, oh, his children's children would be his slave. Um, and when people are in a state of being enthralled, which is what the mainstream narrative is designed to be it literally shuts their brain off in a way mm. and there's a there's a concept you could google called brainwave entrainment which wikipedia helpfully describes as fringe um, so, but it's where people's electrical waves coming from their brains literally get synchronized so that they behave like herd animals so that would be an npc uh pretty much well <laughs> well i mean so it definitely gets into mind control it also brings oh, sure. me back to, do you, uh, you, are you familiar with Infinite Jest? Do you know that book from the, I mean, it's an impossible, it's a tome. I mean, it's a massive book to read, but it's about this piece of entertainment called, uh, you know, Infinite Jest that's so entertaining that once you watch it, you're consumed by it, you know? And that's, that's what, you know, TV's become now. People can just sit there for hours and hours because it's so, our, our brains, our monkey, you know, if you don't say monkey brains, I, I'm saying that uh, the primitive part of our brains, whatever that's from, 
is so overwhelmed by like entertainment that's so right. that's seductive up to right. a certain level that we don't know how to deal with it, man. You know? Right. And it's so much more interesting than regular life. Exactly. Yeah. And you see people that's why these kids are just I mean, you see stories of like in Asian countries where the men are no longer interested in being a part of normal society because th this world of video games is they can do everything that they really want to do, which is be an alpha male, dominate, yeah. and all that stuff. They don't have to deal with the real-life pressures of everything, which is, you know, uh, being able to make money, provide, uh, you know, be a father, be a dominant male with female, all that stuff that comes with society. And I mean, I'm you know, kids are going extra wild on like the video games because that's where they actually act like alpha males. Because in school, they can't yeah. act like that, well, dude. And, and that's to me what the metaverse is meant to be: is going to just pull people into a reality that's so seductive that real life just not you know. And I'm it's oh. gonna be like trolling times ten. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be like real life trolling. Like yeah. now you're gonna be able yeah. to be a troll. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not gonna want to be on there. To look at. Because I, I played, uh, speaking of Half-Life, I actually played, the last virtual reality game I ever played was Half-Life Alex, And the reason I didn't, it's I decided so not to play anymore after that was uh, I started remembering playing the game as if those were real memories. Yeah, that's... Oh it's, it's, my it, that's, it's, God. It's, probably, it's probably the most impressive VR game they've made so far, Sam, as far as I can tell. Oh my and, God. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah. And they say if that. you stay in there long enough, you don't know the hey. difference, right? Well, people have dreams about video... I mean, just video games without the presence of VR. Just, well, you know, it could, because video games have become well, so immersive. If so. it's that real, you don't think you can get PTSD from a video game? A war game? And if it's that real, eventually, we don't think some kids are going to get PTSD from playing fucking Call of Duty so many times for so many hours. They get bombed or they're just played too young and it's PTSD. That's now. my whole thing. Eventually, once and I think we're like 30 years away from this. I don't think it's that far from from like hmm. Johnny. When did the Internet show up? How long ago? Early 90s, right? I mean, for right. limited uh, people, and then mid 90s, late like 90s. Like when it got to where so the, the minute it showed up for regular people like, was 30 years ago. 99, yeah. yeah. Right? Like and here we are, and now it's like what it is. It's going to take, they're going to slowly roll everything out because they want to make every dollar they can along the way. They don't just want to go to it because they're, they want to make all the money they, they can, in my humble opinion. So, but when they get to where they want to go, you're not, dude, real life. And the metaverse are going to seem pretty similar, and they're going to be able to false flag traumatize you all the time. In the, in well, the they've also got to lube you up for it too. That's why they're they're kind of for the people who aren't early adopters, and that's a limited group. They're you know they're going to have AR, especially this new Apple thing that you know it just slowly inst integrates elements of tech you know into your 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 field of view you know yep. with your, your with your with these yep. glasses. And, and you, people are just going to get used to seeing them around, like iPhones, you know, people, everybody holding their iPhones up, recording shit. People are going to get used to it, and then eventually it'll just it'll completely cover your, your face, you know, and you, you'll be consumed by it. Well, everyone always is like, ah, oh, how can you believe that they're programming us? Are you crazy, you conspiracy theorists? It's like, no, uh, literally, like, they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. 
And if it does work, which it clearly does because they wouldn't keep doing if it doing it if it didn't work, isn't there a way you can do it in reverse? So instead of programming yourself to be this this traumatized little, you know, bucket of feelings, what if you could program yourself into being stronger, or happier, more resilient, that sort of thing? Um, what if you could MK Ultra yourself for good? Damn. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if you could do that? You can. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, this year I, I, I choked with my brother. I was like, you know, okay, I'm reading about all this MK Ultra stuff, but I'm getting angry. And I'm like, but if it, if it works, that's why they're doing it. So if it works, couldn't I take control of this and do it to myself and make myself happier? And he was like, that sounds crazy, but not really. You should try it. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I basically started this process of brainwashing myself backwards. So they, they present you with flashing images, traumatizing stuff, negative emotions, negative messages, always the victim, victim, victim. You're always in victim consciousness. Well, what if you just like, I don't know, instead of playing a distorted track of someone saying, you know, you're a bad person over and over again, like Donald, you and Cameron did. What if you did? I'm a good person. I'm a happy person. I'm smart. I'm, I'm doing well in this life. What if you just put a track on that did that while you were asleep as opposed to doing what they do on social media? Interesting, all the time, which is just dude. Which I think that school. was something when I was young. It's like Stuart Smalley. You know? Well, no, there used to be something where you'd play these tapes at night. And they would just be like, whatever you want to be great. Let's say you want to be great at basketball. Well, that's what right? Stuart Smalley was making. Remember, he'd do his daily affirmations. Remember, he did it with like Michael. I Jordan. do daily affirmations. I write down all my goals. I wonder if that's what I'm MK altering myself. Hey, you good. are. That's exactly what you're doing. That, that's exactly what you're doing when you do that. When you enter that process of repetition, it's training your mind to think a certain way. So, like, you know, it sounds it sounds silly. This is stuff I would not have believed until I had finished getting my master's degree in communication and studied media for another three, four years and, of course, listened to podcasts and stuff. I, I work in a warehouse, so I, I get information in all day, basically. And I can tell you guys right now, the warehouse people are talking about all this shit. Everyone listens <laughs> to Tinfoil Hat at my warehouse. Fuck um, yeah. But you basically Shout get out yourself at... Weird House. <laughs> warehouse. Or Weird House. <laughs> So basically what you do is you, you get your mind into, into repetitive patterns of positive thought. And the funny thing about it is you got to think of your mind as having sort of two layers, okay? So there's your conscious layer, and then there's your subconscious layer. And your conscious layer is like a guardian at a door um, to a castle or something like that. And the guardian at the door speaks with words. It speaks with logic. It's your cognitive mind, right? So what you have to do to get to the subconscious to reprogram yourself is basically to distract the guardian at the door. So if you want to program yourself while you're asleep um, or when you try and get to sleep or that sort of thing, you have to play something that's like a podcast super, super, super low. And the result is basically you're jingling keys over here while you sneak in the positive messaging over here. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It really okay, does. So you have to distract the the sort of like that guardian at the door, so to speak, in order to get the subconscious programming in. That's what the media does to you all the time. Everyone says, oh, this is pre-programming. There's hidden stuff in these movies and stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, they're distracting you with Captain America and right behind them is the Corona beer and the virus picture. And, and sneaking it, it in. One, 100 or like, let's take a look at music and what music represents. 
It's just like they get you dancing to this great beat and then you're just saying words, but you don't really know what the words you're saying mean. And they become an incantation, right? And you just can't, you got to sing it over and over again and you're just putting in magical spells to the universe. And you don't notice, I mean, we've all seen those videos where they'll show like, car go by and something in the back did you see the monkey or did you see the bear in the back or they'll show yep. titties and something in the back like did you even see that it's they they'll it's just there just to have it there and like they do that with women all the time like how many songs do women love to dance to that are just like i'm a whore i take all the d i take it all but it's got a great beat so they're on the dance floor and they're singing it all the time and you're like do you even know that that's the biggest thing about music I mean, all the other kids with their fucked up kicks, you better run, better run. It's a shooting that, gun. You yeah. know, that's about shooting up a school. Yeah. And everybody's saying that song forever because it yeah. was such well, it, a great beat. You want to hear, you, know, you want to know why we have so many pussies in the world today? Oh, I, uh, dude, please one, tell me one reason. my theories. Got to be more hey than there, one Delilah. reason. Hey there, Delilah. <laughs> I hate kidding. that song. I hate that I song. I fucking hate that song. That's and the funny thing is, I listened to it throughout high school. Ugh. And what did it turn me into? A wimp. Uh, it's oh. like, oh my god, my girl's off having this great career, and I'm just oh, over here. It's one. like pathetic. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Also, uh, you know, we always talk about the damage of pornography on men's psyche and women. Let's talk about romantic comedies and what they do to women and their expectations of what men are supposed to be. Right? Yeah. Like this notion that we're supposed to be writing poetry and running through airports with flowers <laughs> and all this shit. I mean, it's just ridiculous. When I used to watch Maury Povich, right, back in the day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when this was like, had to be like early, like late 90s and stuff, Shut every up, time was like some giant large woman who is being confronted by her husband who worked five jobs, okay, on whether she's cheating on him. And she always said the same thing. You didn't talk to me. You didn't care about my needs. So I went and found it. And he's like, I work five gigs. I like, I have five jobs to pay the bills while she's humping the entire, like, street, right? Like, like this delusional representation of what a, 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 a modern man should be. Yeah. I was watching Cheaters. I don't know why Cheaters was on it, and I was watching, and it was the same thing. You weren't helping me with my needs, even though this motherfucker had two jobs. That show's scripted, by the way. Huh? It's yeah, scripted. but is it really? the whole? It does not matter. You can get vanilla Coke when you want real yes, Coke. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But even then, the, point is, the needs like, are being fulfilled, even though this guy's working fucking five jobs, and the guy was literally complaining, like, dude, I was on a business trip, and yeah. you had to fuck someone? Uh, yeah, and right. It's that thing. It was like, dude, how do you fuck someone who was on a business trip? Uh, yeah, man. And like, hey, I know women are out there. Guys do say 100%. I'm sure there's an unreasonable expectation level from the other way around. But it's like these things condition us to expect certain things and you know the the pussiness of it is is because we've been watching cultural marxism right i mean like be i mean like i've been talking about this on stage like black comics got upset because they were told they can't make fun of one group which is gay people right and they lost their skull now you look at the way white comics have to operate they can't make fun of everyone so what is every joke about what losers they are that's what we're seeing on stage right now. White males doing the most fucking just ball snipped comedy possible. Well, that's every sitcom. 
Uh, yeah. That's every sitcom. That's the guy every commercial. Moral, the guy's, that's it. The guy gets walked on every every sitcom. The guy gets walked on. The white guy. Yeah, yeah the white guy. Yeah. Like now that I have a uh, uh, now that I have kids, man, and like all we do, think about this: what society has done. Who do they blame for everybody like being broken? Dad. Dad gets. Yeah. Dad's. Dad didn't do this. Dad didn't hug me. Dad wasn't there enough. Dad didn't care enough. Dad didn't tell me I was pretty. Dad didn't tell me I was good enough. Dad. 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 Right. Well, it's not just what, the. It, but watch commercials, Johnny, and then I'll hear your point. Okay. Watch commercial. Dad's an idiot. Dad can't wipe his own butt. Movies Ma- too. Mom is the logical one. Dad's a dumb dumb. I mean, like, what is being brain brainwashed? Don't respect your father. Don't listen to your dad. What does your dad know? You know, like that's that's modern pop culture. In, in, in urban culture, having two parents is seen as pussy shit. Think about what that means. Yeah. I used to listen to radio shows where they would make fun of someone because they had two dads. Think, I mean, two. Uh, two they they grew up in a two parent household. Think about that. Think about how evil that is and how stupid that is. It's also paired with this weird thing, though. Where they, and I can't really speak to this because, you know, I don't know much about it, but we've had people talk about it on the show, where they're trying to feminize black men, you know? Yeah, because that's the last last frontier. And I I don't know. I don't know quite how those relate. I can feel sense that they're related somehow, but you, you hear this from a lot of black men that there's this effort out there to to really turn them into bitches, you know, like to really feminize them. Yeah, I mean, like, I hate to tell you, Watch it. I mean, dude, have you seen that Frank Thomas commercial for his vitamins? Yeah, it's a yeah, giant yeah, 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 yeah. cuck video, yeah. right? It's just a commercial <laughs> where Frank Thomas is like, hi, y'all. And the wife's like, oh, just give me that big black dick. And the guy's like, what can I do to get a big black dick, Frank? <laughs> well, take these fucking vitamins and y'all fucking have a big black dick like me too, right? And it's like the most cucking video I have ever seen in my life. At it least is... he's doing the cucking in that video, though. What? I mean, at least he's the the the, the cucker in that video. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they of... want to break down any any alpha male in our society right they want no alpha let me males. jump in the, let me jump in there because uh william tell just needs to pop up one more time because that's yeah. the definition of an alpha male he basically said yeah i'll take your challenge and he draws two arrows to shoot the apple off his son's head he shoots the apple off his son's head and the and the reeve says why did you draw two arrows and he said the second one's for you <laughs> and then he blasts him. <laughs> um, and that story was good enough to basically reset Switzerland. And the distortion of our, our, our archetypes and our stories and our heroes and that sort of thing, the, all the heroes in the movies these days are weak or pathetic or hurt. and They've got something in their past. They just don't want to talk about, oh, my God. Um, and it's always an inversion. It's and the thing about an, a, a good archetype is like you're watching Star Wars. You know, it's the, you're in the theater. It's the 1970s. And Luke's flying down the trench, and he's about to shoot, blow up the Death Star. And that music kicks in, and Obi-Wan comes in and says, you know, trust your feelings, Luke. You can do this. And he fires the torpedo, and it blows up the station. And we all get chills because the score just swells. That's, that's the, the, that's the um, reinforcement of an archetype that's already baked into your mind, right? So you're programmed from birth, and even before birth in a way, to look for heroes. And when you see one, your body goes, whoa, that's it. That's it right there. Now, what they do in modern movies is they trick you into thinking you're seeing a hero on screen. And, you know, they get the most screen time. They're usually the prettiest face. But they don't do anything, right? That 
and they call it subverting your expectations and they brag about it, especially with the Star Wars movies. They brag about subverting your expectations. So what they're doing is taking a positive archetype in your mind and perverting it just so ever so slightly. So now you don't know what to look for in the real world and you won't be able to identify someone helpful or a good leader very well at all. Wow. Um, it messes up your instincts and it's on purpose. That's that, you're so right about. I mean, they neutered Luke Skywalker in the new films. They, I mean, they took and they the man's fall. Han Solo. Yeah, I mean, just they took. They just wanted to kill our heroes. Is what Do you guys remember the new Suicide Squad? Do you guys remember that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. Who li- who survives in there? Ever, anybody but a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally anybody but a white guy. Man, that used to be the opposite in scary movies. That Harley Quinn in that movie, right? I mean, she, they tried to do something. Oh, hey, what happened there? <laughs> wow, whoa, yeah, okay. What happened, guys? As I said at the intro, uh, power outage, we're back into it. We're going to pick up to where we were, which was basically us breaking down, you know, uh, I, well, I was getting into uh, Suicide Squad and cultural Marxism and mm. You know, we see this happening right now with the WAPO, Washington Post. Uh, they've suspended a guy for retweeting uh, a writer for who is a pro-war writer for retweeting a quote-unquote sexist tweet, okay? But uh, Taylor Lorenz has been basically a, a fucking attack dog of the elites, uh, attacking YouTubers and everybody, lying left and right, and... Nothing's happened to her. So, uh, hey, man, welcome back, Aaron. Uh, sorry about yesterday. And, oh, it's uh, all right. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, I hope he doesn't think we just hung up on him. That'd be like That's what awful. I thought. I was like, man, was I really doing that poorly? No, you, <laughs> brought, you were Shit. doing great. You were doing great. <laughs> uh, so do you remember where uh, any I of that? I remember where we left off. Okay. I was saying that there's a reason Top Gun, which is one of the best action films I've ever seen, is succeeding right now. It's setting memorial. It's set the Memorial Day weekend record in this, you know, in this weird time where people are kind of afraid to go to the movies. I agree. And there's a reason for that. It's that it doesn't have any woke bullshit. It's just a guy who's a hero. Yep. Winning. A flawed you know? hero. He's winning. a flawed hero, but he's a badass. It's yep. a man. They're not even paying lip service to a lot of this political bullshit. And it's what people want. You know, it's there's a positive just story enough with that success. they can get away with it. Yeah, just a, just enough. Yeah, yeah but it's pinch. not. He's just kicking ass, you know. And and then we miss that. We need that. We need a little of that. Just a, a guy, a, a movie star looking guy kicking ass. And it, and it, it really doesn't. It's very interesting because like we do have like alpha male alpha male heroes like Denzel Washington yeah. and you know The Rock. And, but it's like this, this like super like queeny response. I, I think it was, I forgot what, what was the newspaper, but somebody was like, no, top, top, top gun didn't do well because it's pro men and pro America. You're like, you sound so snarky saying that, which makes me think it's 100% why yeah, it did absolutely. well. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys see they're getting sued, right? Who? Uh, the producers of Top Gun. Oh, why? really? What, what for? What for? Uh, somebody's coming after him saying they stole the source material and didn't update their copyright or something. I don't know. Oh, but I don't I even know what that like, means. I was like, there's there's no way like they were going to just allow a good movie to come out. They yeah, yeah. Ever allowed that. Like, I don't know. In living memory for me, except for, you know, anything in the late 90s, of course. But Well, you know, there has always been this discussion that like, 
that Hollywood never really wants a hit, right? They don't like a hit. What, like the producers, you know, where they're like, just like the, the we can make more money the, off of a flop? Well, no, no, it's that because it raises expectations of everything's got to be oh, that. Okay. If we lower everything to mediocre, people expect mediocre. Well, that's which, in, you know, that's an interesting you say that because there was a lot of noise coming out around this movie, which was supposed to come out in 2000. I'm talking about Top Gun again, uh, Maverick, that Tom Cruise kind of willed it into existence with just his star power. Like he, the music, you know, he like fired the whole music staff and was just, you know, he was like, single-minded about getting it made in that 80s style with some reverence to you know to to our childhoods you know the people those of us that grew up with it and i think i think that we're gonna lose some because all those guys you named with the exception of the rock and even him too now they're aging guys they're getting older you know right and i don't know if we have that next generation well, the question of, of is male heroes, you know, so in, in, and I don't even know if we need it, honestly. But well, do we have it? Well, you know, it's like it's super interesting because they've tried to shove down our throats Spider-Man kid as an action hero. Yeah. And he just he doesn't fit the archetype. Well, going back to what was said yesterday exactly. by Aaron, which is like we have instincts which recognize alphas. We have an instinct that says this is a leader. We should follow him. And when you see an emo boy kicking everyone's ass, our instincts go, that no compute. That no make any sense. Why am I not enjoying this? Oh, yeah, because it's not real. Like the, the show, Queen Latifah's new show, The Equalizer. She's like 55, 60, over, overweight woman who's like karate chopping everybody. Like The Equalizer, like the Denzel thing that he did? Uh, no, no, no. The new show, The Equalizer. Was it, is it the same story? As- it could be the spin of that. I okay. never thought of that. But she has a show called The Equalizer, and she's just some fat-ass detective. And, like, we're supposed to believe she's karate chopping bad guys. And, like... It doesn't work. What are your thoughts, Aaron? I mean, I'm just like, when is enough enough? You know, we, we've done this thing over and over and over again, and it just feels like they're not even trying. You know, actually, it's funny you bring up them trying to lower the quality overall. I just did a video for my patrons uh, analyzing the movie Harrison Bergeron with Sean Astin. And that's literally what that movie's about. This kid gets access to the upper elites, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? You know, you got up here, so you can do anything you want. And he's like, I want to make television because I feel like we can make it better. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He's, whoa. Sorry, what? No, go on. The, the, the elites were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Let's yeah. not go crazy. Oh, yeah, make it yeah, no, the, so he gets in the studio and he's sitting there. He's like, he's like, hey, so if we made this joke funnier, <laughs> right, I think we'd get more laughs out of the audience and they'd enjoy it more. And they're like, uh, that's not the idea here. <laughs> the idea is to literally make this dumber. Um, we don't want people to realize that things could be good or even exceptional. Yeah. We have to keep them in that state of like expecting only trash all the time. Yep. And, and dude, I could not agree with that statement more. If you watch network television, it is a race to the bottom and they just keep acting like the internet doesn't w- exist. And Joe Rogan's whole show is flourishing because he does the exact opposite of that. You, people could have personal opinions on what Rogan represents or his stance. He's my friend. I love him. I'm super happy for how well he's doing. And it just like three hour 
real discussions on some deep, deep shit is what people wanted. What yeah, do you think yeah. the working class listens to at work? Absolutely. They listen to this show. They listen to shows where people are talking for three hours. They've got to kill eight to 10 hours a day, right? Now, I know all the people around me, they listen to podcasts all day long. They can't get enough of it. Are they listening to Hillary Clinton's podcast? Absolutely <laughs> not. Like, come on. And they're ordi- these are ordinary people who are, who are raising their awareness and their level of consciousness literally through audio. And it shows like this one and shows like mine and shows like other podcasts that I listen to that don't, that aren't even at the highest level that they're listening to the most. They find what they want and they know how to find it really well, even though people get shadow banned and stuff. Well, you know, uh, you know, Johnny and I have been working together for how long now? Five years? Yeah, over five years. Over five years. And he came on and punch drunk. And now he's moved on to my other shows. And, you know, we do, we work really well together. And we're always like studying like Apple podcasts and the rankings. And we're always like, how is this there? Now, what is this? And I don't get this. And, the, you know, and, and, you know, Johnny sent me an article that was retweeted by Bill Simmons recently that broke down this one particular podcast studio and how they believe the author of this this uh article believed how they had gamed the system yeah and it was basically that they had created all these fake accounts to constantly keep new subscriptions coming in which sends you up into this high super high level on the thing and then Johnny goes, the real, and correct me, Johnny, you can jump in anytime, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. real, the real like indicator is episodes. Like, yeah, it's, they episodes- have two, Apple has two rankings. One is the show rankings and one is the episode rankings. And the show rankings, if you look at the top, it's all like, you know, very corporate shows or very political, yeah. but mainstream political yeah, shows, like yeah, what yeah. they want you to hear. Yeah. And then if you look at the episode rankings, it's like the Wild West. It's yeah. a lot of stuff you didn't know that was popular. Yeah. And a lot of shit that you're like, oh, that makes sense, you know? And and that and, and it, it turns out that the episode rankings are based almost exclusively on popularity. And the show rankings are this kind of mystery formula that has a lot to do with new subs, but uh, some other things that we're not really sure about. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah. And who's like dialing up Curious, what? Huh? But yeah. it's just super interesting. And it's like, it's a counter to the dog shit. Like... You know, the mass singer, I got a friend on the show. I hope he makes a bazillion dollars doing it to the end of fucking days. But man, that show is dumb. It's meant to make you feel dumb. <laughs> it's meant to numb you out. And they're all they all know what they're doing. They're just cashing checks like there's no other way to make a dollar. And it is what it is. And that, you know, it's like for whatever my standing now is in the LA comedy scene, I feel 100% uh, ostracized. I don't feel like I'm at all invited to any of the reindeer games, and that's fine. But when I take a look at what's going on, you see my podcast is always consistently in the like the episodes. Why we make top fifty all the time? We'll have two episodes in there, sometimes three. But but you know, and now we have another podcast that we're doing that we're hopefully will break the top two hundred called Broken Sim that everyone really loves. But then I'm like, okay, I have two shows in the top 200. Does that mean anything to anybody at all? (laughs) We'll see, dude, because there's a lot of people. I call them food stamps. Okay. They're they're I call them food. 
Yeah, they're they're food stamps of comedy, meaning they need assistance to, <laughs> to get it fucking going. And there's a lot of them out there that have mistaken people helping them out for them doing something. And that's just the way it is, man. So I wanted to bring you back because I wanted to uh, have a discussion with you about your thoughts, Aaron, on January 6th. Oh, boy. Yeah. So if you want to make something trend, that's the thing to talk about right now because they're just starting the hearings this week. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. I'm not watching any of it. And the reason, <laughs> and the, the, the reason is the reason is, is because it's just a dog and pony show. Um, I don't know anything about what happened. I remember when it happened, I was like, oh, come on. Good Lord. Like, this can't be. Ha-. Here's the weird thing. Before it even happened, I was researching the English Peasants Revolt. Um, happened in the 1300s. And I made this entire episode about it. And as I was watching the political scene unfold from afar, because I try to avoid politics because it's just, it'll turn you into a zombie. I realized that a lot of the events were really familiar. So the Peasants' Revolt in England happened during a plague and at the end of a plague. There was a gigantic storm that blew in that destroyed all the crops. Everybody's starving can't pay their rent, anything like that. Prices were going up. There were problems with immigration. And there was there was even a QAnon in this story, um, which is super bizarre to me because I don't care about that at all. But I started to notice it was called The Great Rumor. And it came from this book, this cryptic little book called The Doomsday Book, but it was spelled Domesday. And all it was was just like this strange like text that was like a about who was paying taxes, who wasn't paying taxes, But the story got to the peasantry that there were some rules, some secret rules written in this book that said that the king owned everything on the lands, that the rich elite technically didn't own any of it. And if only the king remembered who he was, he could go and take back all the property from these rich elite that were tormenting people in the middle of this. There was even a George Soros character named John of Gaunt who was like super wealthy and was pulling all the strings and everything. And it came down to like literally Watt Tyler, the guy who led or, you know, led the peasant revolt. They got all the way to London and guess what? The gates were open. They just let them in. Oh my God. Right. (laughs) It was just weird. They just let them in. Um, And then the leadership of the, the uh, revolt got some of their demands because they actually did start killing people in London specifically the rich Flemish individuals who lived there and ran most of the markets. Um, and then when they finally got their, their demands to the king, Watt Tyler started getting cocky and demanded a, a glass of water, which he promptly used to clean his mouth out and spat it out. And a guy named William Walworth uh, killed him <laughs> right there on the spot. Oh, with poison um, or stabbed him? He just freaking slashed him across the neck with his sword. Oh my God. For disrespecting the it. king. Yeah. So, Damn, I mean, dude. we've got a whole episode on it. I actually re listened to it um, before this, but, you know, we started out, I was listening to um, Conspiracy Social Club, uh, your latest one with Brian. You guys Bam. were talking about the you importance. You get it. Of, <laughs> you guys were talking about the importance of stories. And the Watt Tyler story, the Peasant Revolt story, I think is one where they tried to run a script um, and it didn't work out for them completely. But January 6th, to me, is the same thing. I totally Um, agree, bro. And I I actually had something to say about that because people get triggered. They're like, are you left or right? I'm like, the enemy isn't on the left or on the the right. 
It's above us. It's the transhumanists. They don't see January 6th as a right-wing thing. They say they do, but what they really see it as is a deeply human thing, and it disgusts them. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, January 6th was like a very human reaction to all the chaos going on in the world. And I think that's why they don't like it. It's because it grosses them out. They're, I, that, they're that elitist. Well, I, I think also that they, they wanted more carnage than they got. Mm -hmm. And the, everything was set up for this domestic terrorism bureau and all this shit. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm very much on the record about my opinions on Q. Easily could be intelligence. Have no problem with hearing that. Even hearing what you said about the peasant revolt makes me think it probably was even more. Okay. I always talk about did the, did, did was the information accurate? Like, what was there information in this intelligence operation that was, in fact, accurate? And the, my answer is yes. There was Jeffrey. I, I, a lot of masses learned about what was going on with Jeffrey Epstein, what was going on with Nexium, what was going on in U Ukraine, Uranium One, uh, uh, Russian collusion. These were things that they got accurate because you had to be honest with a paranoid group of people. And you can go back to me saying that for all the years leading up to the 2020 election. I said the same thing. Q could easily be the this, 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 and this. And uh one whole one part of the of that the far left, who, you know, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are in the blue and on and all that shit, was that Q was used to pacify people, not to go after Trump, not to go after well, my whole theory is that that wasn't on the on the table that that group of people that's not how they operate and the the right the the, the you know the second amendment people they they are they are chill until they aren't chill uh, and you could see that with like the Koreans on top of their liquor stores during the Rodney King event. Well, uh, Wisconsin, Kenosha, where everyone was chill until they started going after these these fucking local businesses and dudes with guns showed up and guys got shot. So they they thought that they wound everybody up so much that they would just go nuts in there. And the truth is they just never did it. And it was never meant to be that. So the notion that Q was going to pacify people. Yeah, I think people wanted to believe that there were still good people in in politics. And Johnny, please push back at any time if I'm going too deep into retard town. Uh, <laughs> and you can, you can, I, I, you don't have to go deep in there because you just got well, you pay okay. rent there already. Yes, I, I, I get like my, my mail forwarded yeah. there. Okay, uh -huh, so uh -huh. I make no illusions. I got a PO box there. I send my mail there. But the point is that I. I think that this was supposed to be a way bigger event and it never happened the way they were hoping. And so as and we I, have, I for sure believe that. Yeah. Okay. And January 6th, we're having the, like, like Aaron said, the, 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 the hearings are going on right now. And what have we seen just week after week after week, shooting, 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 because January 6th didn't get done. So now they have to ramp it up so a small group of people are running around going, what are we going to do? He's like, he's national ass. Because they need that leading up 
to the hearing to get any kind of traction. And the truth is nobody's into it. I, yep. As far as I can tell, yes, there's going to be some blue check mark, stupid people saying blue check mark, stupid shit. And then no matter what happens and you're going to watch these blue check marks are going to be how the trial is disseminated. They're, you're going to have CNN, MSNBC chopping up tidbits and blue check mark. People put them out. If you really love your soul and your sanity, block anybody sharing those hearings. Block them. That's my opinion. Thoughts, Aaron. I do have some thoughts. Uh, first things first, I was actually in Kenosha the night of the Rittenhouse thing. Damn. Uh, I was working night shift and I was, we were all listening to the police scanner as it was happening um, because the riots were so bad, we were afraid they might affect what we were doing, affect some of our delivery routes. Um, everybody who showed up to work was, was like really on edge. And I remember I was listening to a police scanner uh, through my phone and heard shots fired. And I was like, Oh Jesus, here we go. And so I went down to the shop to talk with some of the mechanics and they, they were all in there just spellbound listening to this thing. Um, and it's interesting. Like, I don't like to sit around and just like pick on lefties, but we do have to talk about them because they are sort of the key, one key component that doesn't get enough examination as, as a group. Um, do you guys know, know who GK Chesterton is? No, I do uh, not, I Johnny. No, no, you're a no. nerd dork. Do you know who this is? <laughs> he is a Catholic essayist from the early 1900s, and he wrote uh, something. I'm going to try to paraphrase it. He said, uh, the sign of a living thing is that it goes against a stream, or at least can. The sign of a dead thing is that it goes along in the stream, the mainstream, one might say. Yeah. And the people, we were talking about battle droids and stuff like that. That's Those are the really activated ones who really do want to fight. They just like fighting. But the mainstream, as it carries along people who don't push back, who don't walk away with it, it's, that's exactly what it's there for. It's there to sort of wash away people who are inactive. Anyway, so the only other thing I wanted to say about um, any of that is basically uh, there was one other writer who had this entire agenda figured out about 50 years in advance and his name was C.S. Lewis, and he wrote a book called That Hideous Strength. And if there was one book I could recommend reading on or listening to on audio immediately, it's That Hideous Strength. Because all it, all it is is it's a predictive story about how transhumanists are going to try to take over the planet. And we were already past like stage, stage three or four of their plan at this point. Um, the organization in the book is called the NICE, which is hilarious because... The, uh, the, the left wing or whatever you want to call it, cultural Marxist mind stream pretends to be nice. The NICE, they pretend that they're your the friend. I see. Yeah. I you like see it. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how the, that's how the main character gets sucked into the NICE is they're just really nice on the face, but there's a scene where he's talking with this character called wither and he's this old guy with these watery eyes and he, he just like. He, you know, he talks like this and he's very, you know, erudite and all of this, but he never actually says anything useful. All of his words are just big words and he never says anything. And it occurs to Mark at one point that they've been talking for like two hours and he doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh, and that's kind of how it feels in some of these, some of these hyper liberal circles, especially coming from an academic background like yeah. me. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, we didn't talk about anything and we had four hour seminars. Nobody said anything useful. I mean, dude, you, how many people go to college, get a degree, and never work in that degree, ever? 
I mean, dude, you talk to people like, dude, you remember doing homework? I don't ever remember doing homework, ever. When, in college? Yeah. I mean, that might be me, but I'm just telling you. I didn't go to class a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, see what I'm saying? And he's a nerd dork, dog, okay? <laughs> he know, he, if there's anyone going to go, it's John. Jay I just Nice. I read the textbook the day before the midterms. And, and just crushed it. Yeah, I did okay. But, but it, it, <laughs> it, it's, see, so what people don't understand, and you, you even see smart people like my favorite guys, Jimmy Dore or Glenn Greenwald, they're all so shocked when, you know, liberal support like Liz Cheney or, or George Bush. I go, because you're acting like it's not elites versus everyone. Exactly. Elites love elites. If you stop looking at in R's versus D's and start looking at it as fucking privilege, real privilege, not skin color, but actual access to opportunity and money privilege versus those who don't have it and have to fight all the time for it. Uh, it totally makes sense. Elites love elites. It's something Ron Pacone, who I think is great. We have disagreement on a couple things, but I love Ron Pacone. He says oligarchies help oligarchies. Okay. It happens all the fucking time. It's done purposefully. They're not trying. They just want to be cool kids with the cool kids. That's all they want. And, and listen, we were talking about, I was talking to Josh Denny the other day about uh, diversity surprise. And um, we were having a discussion about the, why, when you really look at diversity, it happens so much at the lower levels and not so much at the higher levels, right? Which is, you know, Oscar's so white, right? Yes, we, every couple years, people get so angry in a, a black movie that may or may not deserve to get an Oscar nomination gets an Oscar nomination, right? Uh, you know, we could debate the merit of that movie. That's fine. But, you know, when you go look at, like, let's say, whatever Comedy Central, which is dead now, but you look at Comedy Central's uh, premium blend or whatever it is that features all the uh, all the young up-and-coming, that's where they they destroy everybody with diversity. That's where they make it real hard for people of every group to gain the necessary credits to move up on the on the on the 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 the, the corporate art ladder. Do you understand what I'm saying? So they're giving credits to people that maybe don't deserve it because they check a box. They're excluding people that should be on there because they don't check a box. And what really happens is that these rich kids just jump the boxes altogether. And they go right to someone like a Nick Kroll, whose father is Israeli intelligence, is like juiced right in into Hollywood. There's a reason nobody watches Comedy Central anymore. Right. Uh, no, uh, you're right. That, that's but it. do you understand that like all these people that would need that credit might not get it now? Yeah, well, it's not a meritocracy anymore. Yeah, no, it used to it's be not. at that level. It is on if you. You could get the laughs, you you would get you would eventually find your way up to the top. But it's it not is that getting way. better. I, like someone who is actually very good at content creating and resonates and connects with people can get a following going on their like, own. Yeah. Like somebody like a Ryan Sickler, right? But who, they're like, never going to get on Comedy Central or any of that shit. Uh, mm -hmm. Show me Ryan Sickler's fucking early spots on, on Comedy Central. There's not a lot of them because he just couldn't get that going. But like, lo and behold, here's a guy that just put out 
puts out this insanely awesome podcast called, you know, Honeydew that everybody loves to go on and everybody loves him. And Tom Segura loves him. And like now he's, he's thriving because he's always been great. I would always call I'm like, dude, you're good. You're great. Keep going. And here he is. He's broken through with his own thing, but dude, like they didn't want to let Ryan Sickler in. They didn't want them. They wanted to give it to checking box motherfuckers. And that's done purposely to handicap in the old system the people that they don't like from getting any momentum going to get them into doors later on up the ladder. And that's why they're dying. That's why they're losing. Because yep. their strategy is to pick is not to pick the best or the funniest. Their strategy is to pat themselves on the back and or earn money from whatever source it is that they're getting it from that isn't the public. It's clear to me, like it's clear to me that businesses, large businesses, especially, uh, including the entertainment industry are not getting their money from ticket sales. They're yes, not getting money yes. from product no, sales yeah. and they're, because they're not acting like it. If they were trying to give us stuff that we liked and they were trying to chase our dollars, they would be, but they aren't. Why? Because they're not, it's like, it's obvious to me at yeah, this point. It's so like, right. they're not making the movies for us guys. No. Nope. So, well, and you know, here's, here, there's recent evidence of this when, Netflix got rid of the star rating system, you know, it became clear that they weren't interested in, in our even, us even knowing yep. what other people liked, you yep. know what I mean? And it, it's funny now, they've kind of, they've kind of twisted their way into having that back again now that they're struggling. You know, they went to just having thumbs up and now they have two thumbs up. So if you really like it. <laughs> They're they, they're trying to do everything they can not right. to put the stars back on right. there because they're failing. Right. The company is like fucked up right now. But so they just put two thumbs and on there. Eventually, it's going to be five thumbs. Yeah, and, and like, it's not even about money. Yeah. It's not even about money, Johnny. It's about they are noticing that their propaganda isn't working, isn't yeah. working anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the dude. It's not about money because it's and, and we both know what Aaron is alluding to, which I, I'm maybe I'm wrong, but. We're talking about Fed money. We're talking about these co these corporations like BlackRock and Vanguard who push ESG on everybody and these poor companies that just want to be able to get into the money pool that are these giant investment firms are now doing this stupid ass fucking shit that alienates their whole crowd. Johnny, we talked about today on so Conspiracy Social Club, but Carolina now has the first trans cheerleader yeah the panthers i saw that and listen man i, I like dude like i don't care i like are they is, is this person the best at what their job well, I, I can tell you it's awfully bold of them doing that in the south it's no, gonna be interesting on sundays and, i can tell you that and will they change the way they operate if people don't buy tickets well it also just might be a setup is my thought because they're doing that in carolina man where oh, think oh, about sure, carolina dude. was ground zero for that trans bathroom bill argument. And now they're going to put somebody who's a trans person on the sidelines in a skimpy outfit and expect, you know, the Billy the Bob that just, to be like, that, that I'm skip, fine with it. That skip church today to come, you know, and they're, and they're not going to say shit. No, they're, what's going to happen is somebody's going to go there and say some shit that's, you know, inflammatory and it's going to be a whole news thing. I'm fine with coming, it, man. Believe me, it's just more divisive shit. Yeah. And it's that's just like, idea. So we get into what Aaron's talking about going, if you're a business, why are you doing something that you know is bad 
for business. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the real money, we talk about it here, is God's gold, oil, drugs, slavery. That's the real money. And everything below that is disposable, including one NFL franchise for a short time. So they'll piss off their constituents. And then over time, they'll be like, we so, we're so sorry and try to earn their trust back. But dude, baseball's learning right now and NBA's learning. People don't c- come running back. They've, they've realized we don't need you. We don't need you. We don't need well, to go watch your baseball. We don't need to go watch your basketball. We find other things we enjoy doing. And guess what? We're taking our dollars with us. Well, I was going to say the the thing about entertainment as a whole, and that's why I listen to shows, you know, that don't have huge audiences and I donate to shows that need that actually could use the money. Um the thing about media and entertainment is it's it's processing you right so it's turning you into something like you when you look at a movie you don't have to ask like how much did it make you need to ask what did it do to the audience that's what it is at this point they're programs right but it's it's even deeper than that it teaches you you know what your archetype should be and now it's turning you into an angry divided pissed off person yeah. who can't think straight and it's like all this chaotic all these chaotic ideas coming at you at once i i compare it to drum fire in world war 1 they would they would fire so many shells so fast it sounded like rolling drums and it would drive people so crazy they'd tear their clothes off and run out into the open just to get shot or get blown up because they couldn't take it anymore and during the whole you know operation the last few years the stories just increased in 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 speed and uh intensity as we went along and i just started caught referring it to Referring to it as just drum fire. I even got so frustrated one day. I just sat down with my co-host and I'm like, we are going to talk about propaganda. We are going to talk about the concept of the big important number because they ran headlines for like literally two years with just numbers. That's it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, I had this, this, this shocking thought. I was like, oh my God, like I'm aware of this. We have, we had an AI when I went to college that could generate a, a paper that like, literally got signed off on by a bunch of academics. Like they thought it was a real thing. So I was like, would it be so crazy to imagine that perhaps the news is generated by AI as well? I and totally then I, believe I pushed, that. Dude, I know. And then I pushed a little further. And I'm like, maybe we're the AI. Like after seeing these people behave like robots for two years solid, it finally clicked in my head. Maybe there's a form of intelligence out there that is simply artificial. Hey. NPCs. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it, dude. I would yeah. not. There's a whole belief that was Q that like maybe there was just a program that was just reading all the data out there and just putting out things that it through its program new people of a certain ilk would uh, gravitate to. I mean, it's definitely possible. It's definitely mm-hmm. possible. But you're 100% correct. Everything is loose jacking. They're just trying. And that's why I tell people, turn it all off. You know, for this show is 100% about letting you know what's going on. But if you're not going to do something for yourself, your soul, your heart, your spirit, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. What is the point of having all this knowledge if you're not going to do something with it? And what to do with it is to fucking work on yourself and make you a better person. 
financially, spiritually, uh, 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 health-wise, work out, get in shape. That's what you do, man. You have all the knowledge. You realize that there's a small group of people who are trying to distract you into misery. And by enacting in it and interacting with it, you are empowering them. When you pull yourself out uh, and you start working on yourself and you start becoming the change you want in the world, you change yourself, that's when your view of the world and your vibration changes, okay? You can do it. You can do it. And I'm just telling you this because we had talked about this uh, on another podcast the other day, but I am telling you if you tune out to all of it, meaning you don't emotionally invest in current things, your life will change. And I yep. keep going, I keep waiting for this thing to blow up in my face because I stop. Like, yes, I drop bombs on my Twitter just because I like the rattle cages. But in reality is I'm not emotionally invested in any current thing. I'm into myself, my family, my friends, and that's it. And that's how we do it. Yeah. One last comment, I guess, on that is, I personally, sometimes I feel like there's nothing more pathetic than getting fooled into making yourself miserable Yeah, because you, you got to follow the politics. You got to follow all this stuff. You know, you've got all this social pressure and somebody tells you that you're bad. If you don't, if you don't go and make yourself depressed by doom scrolling on Twitter and yeah. retweeting the right things. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. And I, you know, I'm guilty of it as much as the next person of just like, finding excuses to not work on myself and not grow what it is that I have. That's, you know, in the process of growing up into being a mature thing, because it is just that loose jacking. They want your eyes on it for some reason. And if it makes you miserable, stop doing it. <laughs> it's just like, it's just that simple. Yeah. And people just don't have the balls to go. I don't want to do this anymore. And no. it, I'm telling you, if you save yourself, you could save everyone around you. That's how you do it. His podcast is called We Talk About Dead People. I think it's one of the best names for a podcast ever. Uh, Aaron, in the face of all adversity, we came, we saw, we dropped the hammer of the gods, and we finished an already great episode with more greatness. So real quick, where can they find you again? Um, so you can find, we talk about dead people on literally every podcast player app, whatever you want imaginable. We're hosted on SoundCloud and we're looking to increase our patronage because I would really like this thing to take off quite a bit. Um, but yeah, no, there's just a, there's just a few people who have helped us along the way, man. We got retweeted by Dan Carlin. Um, he, we put out a stupid tweet when we were still tweeting. Um, and he retweeted us and that's where we got our core audience. And we got a hand from, uh, Warren Conquest podcast and Philip Van Houten. I know you, I think you interviewed Howdy McCoskey, right? Yes. I love him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. We we actually interviewed him too. <laughs> so just a few people. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it, and this is the big one. This is the big one. This is the big the big podcast I've been on so far. So thanks to you, man, for having me on. It's been really fun just yelling in agreement with each other. <laughs> I love it, brother. And you're always welcome back. We'll do it again. I'll get you on the Union of the Unwanted. So uh, you can uh, connect with other content creators and be a part of that wonderful show. And again, uh, Aaron C., thank you so much for coming on. Check out his podcast. We talk about dead people. And I look forward to our next conversation, brother.
All right, man. Thanks again. All right, guys. I want to see you in San Diego, and I want to see you in Jacksonville. I want to see you in Tallahassee, Florida. Come get weird with me and Eddie and the whole group. We love you very much. Thanks for tuning in. We go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.